Anna here. Did you know I have another podcast? And did you know it's all about failure? Well, at this point, you'd have to answer yes to both of those questions because I just told you. But my other show isn't just about failure. It's about failing your way to success. Yes, success. Because the most successful people are often just the people who've gotten up the most times after their failures. Don't believe me? Go download Fail Your Way to Success wherever you get your podcasts or go to failyourway.com for more info. Now back to the show. Make no mistake, if you're an author, you're an entrepreneur. You're selling the world on your book, aren't you? Of course, it's not as easy as launching a business and then tossing any old book up on Amazon. That's why I help entrepreneurs publish books on the specific topic and in the specific way that will launch or grow their businesses. Welcome to Entrepreneur Publishing Academy with your professor, Anna David. Hi there, and welcome to Entrepreneur Publishing Academy with your host and teacher, Anna David. You know what we do here. Oh, this is such a good one I have for you today, because this is an episode, it's a topic I've talked about from my own personal experience a few times on this show, but I've never had an expert on to interview. And that is, how do you talk about your book in the media? Now, my guest is this wonderful new friend of mine. Her name is Susan Harrow. She's a world-renowned media coach. She's the author of the best-selling book, Sell Yourself Without Selling Your Soul. She's helped thousands of entrepreneurs, you know, coach them through being on Oprah, 60 Minutes, Today Show, Fresh Air, all the things. And she gave me, someone who's been doing TV a long, long time, so many things that I didn't know about, like submit your Chiron, which is your ID, to them ahead of time, them meaning the bookers. You can write your own questions. I'm talking about on TV shows. That one was a great one. My third thing that I gleaned that was so interesting was, let's say you're on the show and you want to lead people to a lead magnet to get them signed up to your list. Even on a huge show like today's show, you can give that to the booker, have them put that on their website as like they're doing an article about you and what you talked about on your show, on their show, and you'll you they'll be like, oh, here are three tips if you want, you know, seven more on how to speak to the media, just click on this link here. So that those are my three gems, but there were so many others. I highly recommend listening to this one and going and checking out the show notes so you can get links to where you can find Susan and hire her because you really should. Uh, show notes are at LegacyLaunchpadPub.com slash blog slash Susan. And now I give you Susan Harrow. Susan, I'm so happy we're doing this. You're my favorite. You're mine. Well, I should have told you I do the intro afterwards. So listeners, you already know how impressive Susan is. What you don't know is that she's my fun new friend. We met on this very fabulous uh, mastermind. I call it a mastermind. Would you call it a mastermind? I would. A mastermind retreat. We got flown to Tulum. Okay. And we got to talk to these incredibly impressive group of women and it was just absolutely fabulous. And so Susan 
is somebody she she and she lives in my hometown, the town that I'm from, which is a just random. And and she is, as I told you in the intro, uh, you know, one of the leading experts in how to talk in and on the media about books. And we had this conversation when we first met and I said, oh yeah, I go on TV. It doesn't sell books. And she said, well, it's just that you're not talking about it in a way that sells books. So that's what I want to focus on. Hi, Susan. Hi. So tell me. I can't believe that you haven't sold books, by the way, because you are so animated and so lively. And so I know you are selling books and there there are people that are not or who could sell more books, right? In In an organic way that's not salesy. Yeah, I think so. What I find when I have gone on any TV show in an effort to sell books, the last thing they're interested in is you, is the, the person using it as a medium to sell a book, unless it's like fresh air. They want you there. They, you know, I always tell people, no one cares about your book. They care about what your book can do for them. And that's what the, the media wants. So no one's asking unless it's a podcast. Anyway, I should just stop talking and let you talk. What do you, okay. Tell me, tell us about your business. So I just want to address what you said first, because um, it isn't about your book. It's about the contents of your book and how your book meets the needs of the audience. And they want you to be entertaining, lively and non-promotional. But what do you want? You want to sell your book and your business. If you have programs, programs, products, consulting, con- you know, contracts, you want to sell those. So those have to be woven seamlessly into the conversation and give benefit to the audience at the same time. That's the thing. So they want you to be entertaining and lively. That's all they care about. And I think that you can set it up. I kind of want to talk about behind the scenes, what to do yes. as well as in front. So let's go behind the scenes first. You can set up a great interview by number one, getting your Chiron, which is the little name and title that's put on TV established ahead of time. They won't typically put up your website, but they'll put up your, um, you know, your, um, your expertise, you know, so Susan Harrow, media trainer and marketing strategist, they would put that up there. Um, Then, then the other thing behind the scenes that you want to do is you want to give people a reason to go to their website in order to get something of yours, because they don't want you going to They don't want people going to your website, so they're not going to promote that. But if you give them like a little download or a media clip of something, whatever that is, whether it's a meditation, whether it's a special report, a little something that they can put on their website and you give a tease of it. So you don't put the whole thing on their website. It's like you can get tips, you know, you can get five tips here and they go, they will promote that. So then People go to their website and then in order to download the whole thing, they go from their website to your website. And on TV shows, they're not going to do that with the Today Show or whatever, or will they? On a huge TV show? Sometimes they will. Yes, sometimes they will. Because if they say, we can't, we've only covered five tips today. Uh, Anna has way more. She's got 20 and we've got them on our website because they want people going to their website. That's amazing. I've never you know, hundreds of TV appearances, it's never occurred to me to do that. Yeah. So yeah. Okay. So fascinating. So they don't care if you use their highly trafficked website as a sort of lead magnet. Um, That's fantastic. Okay. More. Tell more. So that's behind the scenes. So your Chiron, your bio, your, your special report, 
Yes. I have a question about Chiron. One thing that I learned uh, kind of the hard way is that they, they do a few. So I, when I was the editor of a recovery website, it would say like editor in chief, you know, this recovery website, then the next Chiron, suddenly my next clip, it's going like former drug addict or whatever. So you have to know that they're going to be switching them. Do they always switch them? Sometimes you don't have any control of that. But if you give them a juicy one, like you, if they, instead of former drug addict, you could have written former party girl author of. So if you gave them that for a former, you know, hot party girl, you give them something juicy, they can use that. But if you just leave it up to them, you're not controlling your bio or your Chiron. So the key is to do as much work for them as possible, but it's got to be juicy. It's got to be juicier than former drug addict. (laughs) Do you give them two or three Chirons? That's a great question. I'd rather that they didn't have a choice, but it also depends on the angle of the program. So if the angle of the program is about drug recovery, it's got a more tightly link to that. So just by saying author of this, it's not as good as, as recovering drug addict, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. If that's because that's like people are going to go, well, gosh, he doesn't look like a drug addict. So that's hot. Right. Yeah, yeah, right. Yeah. Recovering I- party girl oh, is that's nicer. Just- always got to be promoting. And of course, not everybody has a book title that could fit into a Chiron, but if you do, that's a really great tip. Okay. What else can you do behind the scenes? So behind the scenes, you also want to get uh, the JPEG of your book or any kind of B-roll. B-roll is background footage that could be video, photos, those kinds of things. So you always want to give that to them so they can pop up the cover of your book. So you want to give that to them ahead of time. So it's natural when then they're talking about the book or afterwards, they just pop up a cover and and, and do that. And they will do that for you. So you want to plan that. Um, the other thing you want to plan is any kind of props, anything that will further the conversation because TV is so fast. You want to have something that can explain what you're going to say, like, in less words than you can use by a visual. So for example, one of my clients wrote a book on peak performance and she was talking about different parts of the brain. So we, um, we put, we had a, an, like a dummy of a brain on there. So she could point to the like neocortex. This is what happens. This is where you do peak performance versus blabbering on in a scientific way to say, look, when you tap into this, when I'm in my, and, and this is how she promotes her business too. When I, when I have people in my office before they go out to golf, I'm hooking up the, the, you know, electrodes to this part of their brain to measure how they do what they're how they're visualizing for peak performance. Wow. So she's already got in, we're already talking about her business. Oh, I can hire her and go to her office for peak performance for my golfing, because that was one of her, her niches, right? Like professional golfers. So you mention the kind of people that you want to work with in the context that is entertaining and, and educational that shows, um, you know, that also moves the conversation forward. Then she doesn't have to go into all that scientific stuff, what it looked like, blah, 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 you know, really super quick. And then it's like, well, how does that work? And then like the next question would be in and what, what's the next step for the person? And, and, and then she would talk about the results. Once they tap into this part of the brain, they only need to practice five hours instead of 10 hours and their golf mm-hmm. game improves by this number of points. So you get in the whole story really quickly in terms of peak performance. 
And, you know, obviously COVID has changed a lot because a lot of these interviews are now happening in the home. It's a lot easier to have a prop like that at home. Is that something that before the pandemic, when they were all in studio, you would have people bring things? Oh, absolutely. I had Debbie Ford, um, you know, who works with, worked with Deepak Chopra. Sadly, she passed away, but she, she had a number of New York Times bestselling books. I had actually her, we were talking about, um, she brought a gigantic beach ball. Because it's like we, she was talking about, and this is what I suggested. I'm like, you got to bring a beach ball. She, she flew to New York from LA, but to bring this beach ball, you know, deflated, obviously, you know, on the plane. But she brought the beach ball and she's like, this is the baggage that we're all carrying around with our, you know, for ourselves that we need to let go in order to progress, you know, spiritually, physically. So she just brought that beach ball onto Right. So you get it. You're like, yeah, you know, we could have, could we have had it like a backpack too, like a gigantic backpack filled with stuff. This is what you're all walking around with. Do you want to let it go and have it drop on the floor? You know, so those are the kinds of things that I brainstorm with clients, like what kind of props are in sync and in complete alignment with your business and brand and your book. So you feel like you're an integrity and you're making it fun, lively, entertaining, educational for the audience. Is there anything else behind the scenes that you should be doing? Oh, gosh, there's so much. And then we want to talk mm. about front scenes, yeah. behind the scenes. Well, before you get to behind the scenes, you really want to um, shape that interview by creating the questions. And first, you have your answers. So it's the engaging the content engagement sequence, which is your key messages. So before you even contact the media, you want to have all of your messaging down. And that means what are the key points that you want to talk about that relate to a particular topic? So it's not just like the subject is not your book. The subject is what's going on in the culture today, trend-wise, hot, you know, what's in the news that you're going to be zooming in. Oh, by the way, with Debbie Ford, what happened was um, the Elliot Spitzer uh, story broke. So we just shifted her sound bites to talking about Elliot Spitzer and yeah. what he was carrying. So that made it like super topical. That happened like in the middle of her media tour. So it's like we talked about Elliot Spitzer and the dark side of being a politician. And when you're holding in and keeping all of your, um, you know, these these traits that you have, your your desires tamped down, right? So if there's something that happens in the middle of your book tour that's topical, you bring it right in and that makes it more hot, right, for the topic. So we plan that ahead of time. We plan the the general engagement first, like what's going to really connect with your audience that you're saying that's that's about a specific topic. Then we back end it and create the questions that are going to lead you into that topic. And we share those with the producer because that way you control your content. They're super happy because you've done their job for them. And you're super happy because you've got the order of the content, how you want to lead into it and shape it. And I really think about that, like, what's the whole story that you want to tell, you know, from beginning to end, does it always go exactly in that order? And <laughs> No, um, but you're trying to, to keep as much control as possible. So the more work you do for the producer and yourself in that content, the better it is for both of you. And then you got to time it down, and because typically you have two or four minutes, right? And so if, if they're talk, if they're a more talky host, you have less time. You might have one and a half minutes. So you've got to really have your content. It's like taking War and Peace and turning it into haiku. It's a whole different language. 
Um, now question, because a lot of, I would say almost all the TV I've done, they gave me the questions and sometimes they do pre-interviews and sometimes they don't. I think what used to happen is they would send me the questions and then I would write out my answers and send them back. But I never knew I could take any control of that. But there are a lot of times where they, they, they know what they're going to ask and they you don't do. allow, allow you. And they want to know, okay, so if you are writing the answers, do not give them your best lines because they will take them. And put them in the question, you mean? No, I, they will put them in the answer. So they might, or the question. So they might say, if you had some really great, so like one of my clients, um, we, one of her, her um, best lines was astrology is a guide, not a God. Mm -hmm. Okay. Well, in an, in an interview, that's, that's not live. That's edited. They, she said it, they cut that out and they took the line. Okay. So you can't say, you can't even say it. If it's edited, if it's live, uh, maybe you can, but if it's an edited whatever. interview, don't put it in the, because they'll take the, they'll take it or they'll say, Anna, you say that, um, to be, to not be a party girl, you have to do these three steps, one, two, three, and they've just taken your, yeah, just taken your, 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 your content. And so how many, I, I mean, I know it's very hard to tell, but how, how, what's, what's a crazy success that you've seen in terms of book sales? I hear fresh air is really the thing. And there's no way of saying, oh, this person went on this show and it sold a thousand books because they don't tell us that stuff. But what are some of the most successful things you've seen with clients? Yeah. So a lot of my clients have been on fresh air and marketplace and Bloomberg and all of those kinds of things. You know, it's really interesting. I think the most, this was a long time ago when I was a publicist first, before I started doing media training, but one of the most successful um, campaigns with, was, was with Larry Maggot and the little PC book. And I booked him on a Christian radio show. And the reason why that was so, and his book went to be a bestseller. And this is, this is a strategy that you can use because the today's strategy, they're influencers. So that Christian radio station was an influencer. And that person said, I love this book, go buy it. So all of his people did. So there's a real difference between being on major TV and being with an influencer because an influencer is a kind of person who's going to promote your book and say to their followers, um, you know, of course, Oprah does this all the time. You know, I love this book. So people run out and do it. So, so when you have influencers versus TV people, um, you know, TV hosts, and they love your book, that's a way to skyrocket it. But the other way is, so I did media train, a publisher hired me to media train one of their New York Times bestselling authors. He was already a New York Times bestseller, but he was, he was kind of a rambler. And so they mm -hmm. said, can you media train him? And, and he had been already on Terry Gross once. And she kept saying, he told me this, she, she kept saying, can you condense your answer? Can we do them? To, can we do another take? You don't want that. Like his book was really important. So he, you know, he was going to be on there anyway, but they don't want to have to do all that editing. So my goal was to have him on Terry Gross and not have her say once, can we do another take or can you condense that? And that mm -hmm. absolutely happened. Did his book become a bestseller? Yes. He was on Terry Gross. He was on other TV shows too. And again, his topic was super topical. I can't tell you what it is because you would know who he is, but mm -hmm. um, it was really important to get his messaging down really tight. And also I did that same thing that could be used for his, he made a lot of money as a speaker. 
And so we used all of that kind of training in his speaking as well to get Mm. get him to the next level in speaking, to make his speaking more powerful because really getting those key messages down super tight makes it available to more people to understand the issues or the content to want to buy the book and to want to be, if it's a, if it's a movement or if it's a, um, you know, a cause or philanthropic, philanthropic, or just something that you feel is important that you've written about to get more people involved and, and into it. And just when I know, I know, I know the other thing I wanted to address, because you said, when you do get questions that are already pre-done, <clears throat> you can tweak them. Oh. Yeah. So you, you don't have to just obey what mm. they do. You can, you can say, you know, I love these questions. I'm going to answer them. And here are some other questions that I might ask myself, or you propose an alternative that would be more interesting. And you make them sound smart by saying something about you, maybe that you didn't need to say like, um, you know, like recovery stats, like this many people in recovery relapse. So these three things are important to, to, um, to, to shorten the relapse cycle or to shorten the, the recidivism. Of that, you know, so you can give them if you don't, it's not that sexy to say stats, except for you want to say stats in terms of a, an entire context. Like you want to really give um, people when you, when you do stats, you, you could give them some of the stats and, and connect the rest. So you want to put meaning to this, meaning to the stats. So my sweetie, the other day when we were, we were talking, um, and I don't know if you'll need to edit this because it's too political, but we were hearing on the news, you know, it took Trump a um, hundred and something minutes to react. Well, he's like, why are they talking in minutes? Why don't they say more than an hour and a half? So creating that context that makes it understandable for people, we don't know what a hundred minutes is, but we know an hour and a half seems like a long time. And, you know, and they were saying, and in the meantime, his daughter was rushing in, Fox News was calling in every 15 minutes. So, so wait, does that make sense to you? 112 minutes sounds longer or shorter than more than an hour longer. No, it's an hour and a half longer than an hour and a half because an hour and a half is 90 minutes. So so people are not used to thinking in minutes. How how many minutes is 112 minutes? I I don't know. Yeah. You're not thinking. Screw it up. Yeah. Right. You're actually that's well, 120 minutes is two hours, right? So, so, yeah. so you're trying to say, you're trying to put it in the context. So by saying longer than an hour and a half, and then putting in the context, and his daughter was running in, Ivanka was running in and saying, hey, we need to do something about it. Fox News was calling and saying, hey, you need to act now. You, you, you're, you're creating the time mm-hmm. um, expanse and, and putting it like within this hour and a half, this was happening every 15 minutes or whatever it was. Does that make sense? Yes, absolutely. So, so statistics should have context or numbers should. Thank you. Yeah. (laughs) Thank you for putting that into a simple soundbite. Yes. So, so what, what, okay. We talked behind the scenes. What about when you get the cameras going and obviously it is different for live and taped. So let's talk live first. What are your top three tips? Open with a huge sizzle. So say something just like, wow, that's just going to wow them and make sure that nobody changes the channel. So that's your headline. So start with some dramatic headline. 
Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. And then follow it up. So, so even after they introduce you, it could even be before the first question. Sometimes this is rude. You have to gauge it. But if they say, you know, welcome, we're here today to talk about being a party girl, yeah. you could say, um, you know, I, uh, you can say something like, um, even though I'm a former party girl, I gave up, I gave up trying to be a party girl five times. This is how hard it is to stay sober in Interesting. LA. So, okay. Cause, or you could be even crazier and just be like, um, yeah, hi. I was like a drug addict who chased down my dealer once downtown. Anyway, too much, too much not relevant to the, to the viewer. Well, I would put it in the context of other people who, um, Mm -hmm. and, and, and this, and this, you might think that this is an uncommon phenomenon, phenomenon, but it's not. Yes. Okay. You know, or because when you get addicted, that's the only thing you think about. Yep. Yep. Okay. So, so you put it in other people. Yeah. Yeah. Cause it's not just about you. Yeah. Anna here. Now, are you an entrepreneur who wants to write and publish a book about your own failures turned successes? Well, good news. That's what my company, Legacy Launchpad, does. Find out more at LegacyLaunchpadPub.com. That's LegacyLaunchpadPub.com. Now, should you do a book, you ask? I think so. Why? Because you're worth it. Now back to the show. So, okay, number one tip, open with a bang. Number two tip. Number two is, um, so I would really say that you want to have your tips down, (laughs) especially for TV, three to five, five is max, three, sometimes you can cover. And then also, that's another thing that you can give them ahead of time, because if you can give them the B-roll to have those tips up there and you have five, they're going to roll through those five. Mm -hmm. So you're going to get more air time, Mm -hmm. but you need to be able to move through those five really quickly. So if you Mm -hmm. can't, you need to put up the number that you, you can, but you can get the airtime. They're not going to cut your airtime shop short if they say Anna David has five tips for staying sober, no matter how hard of a hard of a partier you are. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And um, so when you say have your tips down, you don't mean memorize word for word or do you? Yes and no. You want to plan, prepare and practice so you can be free to be spontaneous. Mm So you want to have those, those, you want to have practice them in role play because it's really hard to have that back and forth super fast. And you want to be able to be used to it in a context. So no, I don't want you to memorize it, but I want you to have the same content that you can say in a little bit different ways, because if you're on a lot of different shows, you have to vary it. So you can bring in something that's happening in the culture today, something that happened to you on the way to the studio. You've got to make it fresh. You can have the same tip, but make it fresh each time. That's what I would say. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But you need to have it the tighter it's down. And then the other thing is watch how people react. If people eyes go, wow, that's really great. You know, you want to keep it. If they're like "Mm, Dolesville, you need, you need to revise it. Media is a great feedback loop. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, I think that's a good third tip. So uh, open with a bang, have your tips down and, and respond, react to what the host does or hosts do. That's so important because it is the connection between you and the host that people feel. So you're really, um, you really want to listen. I was media training. um, I was media training 
uh, a high level executive and I watched him on media and he had his, he had his great points down, but he paid no attention to the react of the host. So there was no, there was no energetic connection between them. I'm like, well, you got your points out there. Super great. But she was giving you cues that you needed to respond to. You can respond to the cue and still go into your soundbite, but you want to connect it in you know, to whatever they say, you don't want to just ignore. And I've had, I've seen a lot of people do this. They just ignore what the host says, and then they just blurt out their, their soundbite or what they want. So we don't want that either. Mm-hmm. You know, we really want you to be, because if you connect to the host, you connect to the audience. So that's fantastic. Now, um, I know you're not a publicist anymore, but if someone listening is like, well, cool, how the hell do I get on those TV shows? What would you say? You have to have your hooks. You have to have a hot hook. Mm-hmm. You have to have something that ties into the culture or something in today that is really, um, you know, that, that really is interesting and that is t- super tight. So, you know, one of the three, so these are, these are formats that you can use. So, you know, the three tips too. Mm-hmm write something, but it has to be the three things you don't know, you know, the about thus and such, you know, so the three tips, you know, I mean, something that's current right now, like the three tips, you know, we need to be prepared for to have a, uh, an upturned election that's in chaos, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. You know, so think about it in terms of what's going on in the culture today. If you have some kind of, even if you're like a psychologist with a mindset, you know, Mm -hmm. mindset tips or whatever, you can connect that in. So you want to have a hot hook, which is something super relevant, super quick to understand. So, so numbers, um, things that are, things that are um, dangerous, Mm -hmm. you know, because people respond more to danger than positive. So anything Mm -hmm. that you're preventing versus uh, giving and then you can flip it when you when you do your pitch. It's how you solve that problem. Mm-hmm. Um, so think in terms like that, like mm-hmm. danger. Um, you know, great tips, pe- things that people don't know that you know that you can mm-hmm. share. Misconceptions. Um, yeah, I mean, I would say when I did GMA for my book on writing, we pitched it as here are uh, some writing tips for getting through the pandemic. The host had not, you know, here's how writing about your feelings can help ease your anxiety. Had That was not in my book. The the, the host had not read my book and it was the best publicity for my book. Because you you, you did two things. You tied into the the pandemic, which is, and you tied into the the zeitgeist of what's happening today, which is people are stressed and anxious. And yeah. most people, you know, suddenly people are reading poetry now, which I love, you know, during the books, during the, the pandemic, you know, so that was just an emphasis on why people should write and that's <laughs> yes, exactly the underlying. <laughs> my, making my point. Yeah, so that was brilliant, because it t- tied into like, the, what's going on the zeitgeist and a problem that people and a solution that people are not used to doing. Yeah. So. Okay. But so they're like, great. I make my tips. I I'm in the zeitgeist. How should they just blindly pitch? Should they email? Should they call is, do they need a publicist? 
That is the million dollar question. Do you need a publicist? You need a publicist if you don't know how to pitch and you don't know how to then, because there's the pitch, there's, there's the three aspects. There's the creating the messaging, right? So you have to have the messaging down. Actually, there's another, there's another piece to that. So you have to have the messaging down. You need to have your system set up behind the scenes before you pitch, which means that you need to have, take people on a journey from, from, uh, fee to free somewhere. So maybe an excerpt of your book, maybe they're not ready to buy your book or engage with you. So you have to have that sequence down because you're driving people to your website or to a phone call. You need to have that sales system set up. And then the last thing is that you need to be able to, to particularly for TV, it's not usually, I don't know if you've had this experience, but oftentimes it's a back and forth process. It's like, it's not just, it's shaping the show together. So that's where a lot of the work comes in is that is sometimes they're talking to the publicist or talking to you. I'm often working behind the scenes with the publicist and with um, the person to shape the show and to say, that's when we say, what about this? Or what about this angle? Let's tweak the angle a little bit. I think this would be more relevant to your, um, to your audience. What do you think of this? That's when we can sort of pitch and shape the idea. And then we shape the show when the B-roll is coming in, when the, when we're going to use the props, who's, you know, the, the questions and all of that. And so you need to be able to be fluid in that conversation. Mm-hmm. So there's the email pitch. It's usually by email. You're not calling it's email today. So it's got to be super short. And so it's the headline, which is the hot hook. And then you've got to have the pitch down, which makes it totally relevant to them. And then you, then it, when they pick up the phone to call you, you've got to, you've got to be fluid in that. So I think it's really hard for most people and then you've got to track it all. Yeah. Yeah. So if you're that kind of person who's really fluid in all of those things and do it and you can keep track of things in an organized manner, but if not, this is what you pay a publicist for because they're constantly, and oftentimes it's not the first, um, the first idea might not land. It might just need to be tweaked a little bit, or it might be the wrong time. So it's the consistency of pitching as well. Mm -hmm. So people might go, Oh, I pitched once and it didn't work. Mm -hmm. I've got, I'm working with a friend of mine who's got a really hot topic pitching, Oh, oh, magazine. And it didn't, um, the first one, it hasn't gotten any traction. I'm like, well, you need to follow up. You need to follow up with an extra, something else, another new story. And while you're, so you're not just saying, um, did you get my pitch? Yeah. You know, yeah. you're, you're, you're giving them the next thing to entice them to do that piece about you, whether it's a story or, or um, an interview. So that's a long, that can be a long process. Like when I was a publicist, sometimes I'd been done with my contract. My contract might be six months. Somebody calls me up at month seven or eight. Can I book your client? I'm like, yeah, you know, he's not my client anymore, but, but yeah, so that happens. We all want things to happen right away, but they don't necessarily. Well, and have you, do you know of people without publicists who've been able to book, get huge hits? Yeah. One of my, um, one of my former clients who was also in my mass, I think she was in my mastermind class. Um, she booked herself on Dr. Oz. Wow. Several times. I think she's been on three, three times now. Mm-hmm. And it was, um, what was the topic? Um, she's the one, I think she calls herself the wine coach, Lori mm-hmm. Forster. She's great. Mm-hmm. And so she was on Dr. Oz to talk. I think she was on there to talk about like healthy wines or wines that don't give you a hangover. You know what I mean? So, so she pitched that topic, but she's very good. Like she's someone who's super experienced. She's always giving classes to people and things like that. So she's very, she's very fluid and she's really good at pitching. And then when she was in there and did a good job, then they wanted her back. They have another wine question. Mm 
yeah. and they're, they're in conversation. If you do a good job, then you want to have several other ideas to pitch on the spot. They love you on the spot. They're like, oh, this is this is really great. And you go, oh, well, you know what? I have a couple other ideas for shows in, in case you want to hear them. And they're like, yeah. And you go, then they go, you know what? We need to book you on another segment. It is going to be six months down the road, but let's let's circle back in six months and let's talk about that topic. Oh, that's so interesting because, yeah, I mean, that was my experience was uh, it, it was very different in the mid 2000s. Um, yeah. I did a couple of shows and I was constantly doing TV after that because they knew that I wouldn't freeze. And, um, and you're very fluid. You're a super fluid talker and you're you're you know, you know how to dress, you know how to speak, you know how to interact. Most people don't know. And, and, and in, a, in a super tight t- context. You know, I, I was, I was good at it. And then I had to get bitter because I wasn't getting paid. It was all the time and it wasn't selling books. Had I known you, that would have been different, but I think I really had attitude towards the end. I would say things like, well, I'll come on if uh, there's no other guests because they would put me on these panels with five other people and I would, you know, plan my day around it and I wouldn't even get a word in edgewise. And so I made that deal with CNN and then they, this is just such a no, don't ever do this. They said, I said, look, I kind of just don't want to come back unless um, I don't want to do any of those panels. Can I just do it alone? And they said, yes. And they called me and they said, okay, we booked you. You're alone. And then they called me again and said, oh, we've added three people to this segment. And I said, look, the deal I made with you was that I was only going to come on alone. I'm not going to come on. And I got the most brutal email from the boss of this person. And he was right. At the same time, I was like, I had a boundary and you, you know, didn't listen to it. But it was I, I really they never called me again. Yeah. So that's such, I love that you brought this up. I mean, it's, I love that you had a boundary and that's really, that's really great. And I say never turn down, turn down an opportunity because you, you could have parlayed that. And one of the ways that you parlay it, I did have a client is, is you can get, you have to learn to get a word in edgewise. And that's part of the training. When I work with my clients and course participants and people in the mastermind, what we do is we do that role play and we play panels because if somebody is really fluid, it's hard to get, it's hard to jump in. And the way that I'm not sure how this is working exactly in TV today and I'll tell you why. But first I want to tell you one of my clients who was a lawyer and she was going to be on a panel, I think it was Fox News, and she was, you know, she was no shrinking violet. And so we practiced the whole panel thing. And when she got on, she got like about this much airtime because she didn't know how to interrupt. And she said, that is never going to happen again. And we yeah. role played again next time she was on there. She it's not just about interrupting, it's about it's about tagging on to something that's really relevant, that you have something to say, that you want yeah. to tag on, but you have to be quick. And women are, are really super polite. So this takes a lot of practice to be able to hop on to the last thing. And now, because, because TV, most people are home and the host is calling on individual people, it's a little bit trickier. But if yeah. you start to speak up, because if your mic isn't turned off, then they will hop onto you or somebody can you raise your finger or your mm-hmm. hand like mm-hmm. this. So they know you have something to say. Mm-hmm. Um, then they'll say, you know, Anna, you know, it sounds like you, you want to add to this and you're like, yes, blah, blah, blah. That's so you, okay. so there are ways the finger the hand or, you know, actually just speaking and saying and complimenting or saying something relevant about that person. Like, Oh my God, that's such an important point because, 
and then you add on whatever you want. So you're, you're not really, you're interrupting the person really, but you're still engaging in a conversation, I guess. That's, that's the way I say it. So what happens if you freeze? Yeah, so that happens a lot. So freak out and freeze. So the first thing to know is that if you don't have your points ingrained, cortisol blocks your short term memory. So that is one reason why you should practice. So when you do freeze, you still have literally chemical access to that part of your brain. The first thing to do is to relax your shoulders and breathe and feel your feet on the floor. This really just takes about a second. <clears throat> and so, because you can't think if you can't breathe mm-hmm. and then you want to just take that breath. And if you need to buy some time, you can say, and I only recommend that you sing this once. And it does waste a lot of airtime. If you're on TV, that's such a fascinating question. I know yeah. I, I have relied on that so much yes. and it's a waste of time. It's, a, it's a waste like good, of time. It gives you a second. It gives you one second. It gives you one second to recoup. Yeah. You know, but you, but to breathe and you want to, and relax your tummy because we just, the, the key thing is that you want to put yourself in that situation and practice it over and over again. So you don't freeze. And to know that if you do freeze, you know, that you have a strategy to get out a physical strategy on the spot. And the more that you practice that, the more that you do that role play, the easier it will be. Are you still going to get caught? Yes. Maybe, you know, somebody's going to say something that's like shocking or, and sometimes you can even comment on it. Like if they ask you a shocking question, you go, that is a question I'd rather not answer. (laughs) And, and then you move into what you taught us in Mexico. You say, something when you don't want to answer you say something and you don't say but no and then you move right into that point because really they don't care um they only care about giving a great show so if you don't answer the question they're not gonna unless it's politics you know they're not gonna they don't care they they want to have a great show so if you say something lively and interesting or do something you know even if you go like oh my god that question is so hard you know, yeah. you've already done something that's lively. Like, yeah, I, I, I can't believe you asked me that. Question, you know what I mean? And, and then you would transition. So what about and what you transition with something that's relevant? Like if they said, um, you know, I'm trying to think of a question that somebody had asked one of my clients that's shocking. But anyway, the point is that you want to transition to the information that you want someone to know. Mm-hmm. That's the key, no matter what somebody says, you know, even if they ask you something that's off topic. Now, what about podcasts? Because I think most people listening are like, okay, well, podcasts are way more approachable. Um, What are the rules for talking about your book? What are your suggestions for talking about your book on podcasts? It's all the same exact information. You want to create the questions, create the answers. um, And then you also want to talk to the, to the, you, you typically have, uh, a conversation ahead of time about how you're going to promote whatever it is. So, you know, you and I didn't talk about that, but you will, you will mention that I have like a, a, go to prsecrets.com for the hundred word email. So you can be succinct and you can get it there. So we have that, uh, um, we have that set up ahead of time and usually they let you promote something, but you want to weave into the conversation, something that is relevant that somebody would want. So if you're teasing your book, because you would, we would let them know that there's an excerpt, but you would, let's say if there's, there's three points or 
three points out of 10, you would say, I'm going to share three of my 10 points about thus and such. So they know that they have to get your book or your special report to get the other 10. Mm-hmm. So there's a T. So you want to tease the content of this. And, and you can, so if that's for points, but you also might want to say, you know, this is such a big topic, I can address one part of it. And the rest I address in, and you say the, the title of your book, the rest I, I address in Sell Yourself Without Selling Your Soul, published by HarperCollins, because this is such a big topic. Media training is such a big topic. This is what I would say. The media training is such a big topic. I have a gigantic chapter in there about how to handle any kind of media interview from the aggressive, the rambler, the interrupter, the nice. And I said, you know, so we've talked about, we just talked about nice way to interrupt. Right. Right. So would you, is it better to refer to your book or if you have a newsletter list, is it better to send them to some sort of a lead magnet where you'll get them on your newsletter list and then you can promote your book to them? Yeah, either way. I mean, if they, if they opt in for an excerpt or for that special report, you can also say you will automatically be enrolled in getting my newsletter and you can opt out at any time. Yeah. Is that better than saying they, they should get the book or does it not matter? I never tell people to get the book. I mean, I, uh, I, I mean, I, you know, you can't, I mean, you can get an excerpt or you can get the book on, you know, so yeah. you're teasing the smaller thing. Typically, if, if people want the book, they know that they can get it on your website. So you would say to the author, where can people buy your book? And then they would give their website and say, the book is here. And I also offer um, the excerpt, which touches on this point, because you want to get people on your list. And also authors like yours, the books are going to be on Amazon. So if they buy the book, you're not going to get their name. Yeah. So you, you, want, you want to get their name. So you want to give something. And the other thing is you can give something that's not in your book. Mm-hmm. You know, so I have something in addition to my book, an extra to my book that you can get. And then they know that they're not even going to get that in their books. So they have to get it from you and you get them on the list because it's really important to get the get them on the list. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Um, so speaking of that, we have to get close to wrapping up. Let's say people want to get on your list. Like, where do you send people? Um, <laughs> you know, let's, let's do a live demonstration. How can people find you if they want to find out more about the work that you do? Maybe they want to work with you. What, maybe they want to get your book. Where, where should they go? They should go to prsecrets.com. So I work mm-hmm. one-on-one with authors and I've worked with a lot of everything from, you know, self-published authors to New York Times bestsellers to people that you've heard of that are in your living room to work to make their books, household names or bestsellers. And you can also join my mastermind or just take a course called the Zen of Fame, Your Genius Gone Viral. And there are plenty of things. I have a whole section in my website called Free Goodie. I think it's called Free Goodies. So you can download anything that you like. One of my most popular offerings is for people who want to get a soft start and start with magazines because print interviewing is a little slower and easier. You still have to have your messaging down, but it's not the pressure cooker that podcasts or, um, and that is 50 plus editorial calendars. So you can, yeah, and we update it. We're just starting to update it for this year because people don't publish their editorial calendars usually, some of them not until February. So we're just updating that, but you can get last year's and then we'll, you'll be on the list to get new year. This You this. sell that? No, I give it away. Oh, I'm going to go get that. I give it away. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
Um, so, so everything's at prsecrets.com. Everything is at prsecrets.com and the mastermind will be in a group. And so if that's something, if you want to, if you love being in a group and being with other like-minded people, I would welcome that as well. And yeah. Did you have another and, and I was cutting you off? I was just thinking, I was just thinking about, I really, I, I want to say that in today's world, you really have to be prepared to be on a podcast, a video podcast. Mm. Pretty much everybody is. So you, 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 I know a lot of people are nervous about being on camera. I am too. I still, you know, can't eat anything before we, I do an interview. I've, I've done hundreds, right? Like mm. it doesn't, and to turn that excitement into turn that, that anxiety into excitement. And part of it is just practice and getting yeah. used to it. So I do suggest that people start with podcasts and they start with print first and then they go to, to podcasts because it is a little slower and easier, but you do have to have your messaging down to have to, to sell your book, to, to actually have an effect to sell your business book, product, service, or cause. So I do encourage everybody to start that kind of role play, whether it's with a friend or or um, or me in that in that kind of training process, because that's the only way that you can actually have the experience and do it and get better. You don't get better by thinking it in your mind. Yep. So. Yeah, so okay. start with the smaller podcast. Do not go to the Today Show if you've never done an interview, right? You can't can't run a marathon if you haven't walked a mile. So get the, walk the walking the mile is doing easy, friendly podcasts first and working your up, way up through that. And I know a lot of people don't want to do that; they want to start at the top. But mm-hmm. I suggest that you that you start with something that's friendly and easy and comfortable, at least as comfortable as it can get. And then, and then move your skill level up and move and, up with your skill level. And of course, you're more um, enticing to a bigger place <clears throat> once you have experience. So every single TV show you do, every single podcast you do, you have more social credibility. Absolutely. Oh, so, so they, you know, this local TV show had them on, then the, you know, then you do a few local TV shows and then you can start thinking about national or whatever it is. Absolutely. Great advice. Well, thank you so much, Susan. This was super fun. Thanks you all for listening. And thanks I, you all. Thanks, <laughs> love you that. all. thanks you all for listening. I'll see y'all <laughs> next week. I mean, I'll be releasing an episode next week. Bye Susan. Bye. Thank you. Thanks for joining me this week on Entrepreneur Publishing Academy with Anna David. For more info about the show, go to entrepreneurpublishing.academy where you can get links to show notes and subscribe to the show on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, Google, and all the other places. Speaking of those places, if you got anything out of this show, I can't tell you how much I'd appreciate a rating on iTunes. And please don't forget you can tell an author or entrepreneur friend about the show. Another forget-me-not, my company Legacy Launchpad Publishing is available to help industry leaders those with stories to share at any stage in their publishing journeys, whether that's writing, editing, or publishing, just go to LegacyLaunchpadPub.com to find out more. And be sure to tune in next week for next week's episode. You know, if you subscribe, you never have to worry about missing one.